everybody, welcome to the seventh episode of the Global Health Impact Fund podcast. I'm your host, Martin Eels. And as always, we're super excited to have you join us on this journey where we cover everything investor-related and health-related. Last episode, we covered how to source and filter companies. If you haven't listened to it yet, you know, we really highly recommend you do. And if you have, you know, we'd appreciate a five-star rating and any good review that you could give us. So today's episode, we will be talking about pitching, the art of the pitch. And as always, I have with me my amazing co-host, Dr. Alan Aloni Chavez, co-founder and CEO of the Global Health Impact Fund. Alan, it's great to have you back. It's great to be here. Thanks, Martin. So if you're okay with it, let's just jump straight into today's episode, which is the art of pitching. So why don't we kick off with pitching and storytelling? Pitching and storytelling. Yeah. I mean, isn't it really the most important thing? Because that's the that's your forward-facing company right there. How do you how do you communicate what you do? You know, it's like being the best artist, but never showing your work. If you can't pitch, then you can't you can't really succeed. So it's really critical, even though it feels like maybe it shouldn't be. What are some of the first steps an entrepreneur should do? You know, let's start with the pitching side of things. Like, what would you recommend them do? Like, like pitches, um, you know, send up decks. Like, what's the number one thing you would recommend? So today, Martin, you know, people use slide decks much more so than business plans. I haven't seen a business plan in a long time. Um, so you have to have a good slide deck. And I, I recommend... You know, if not getting it professionally done, at least use some of the, you know, apps to make them look good. You know, you're you're presenting something to people and you want to play on the psychology of presentation. So you want it to look good. You want it to be easily readable. You want the colors to be colors that that work well together. And, you know, I mean, all of that stuff, the fonts, they that all matters um, on a psychological level, I think, to readers. The way the way I look at the pitch deck, <clears throat> excuse me, is that there are two basic pitch decks that you need to have. And one of them is a pitch deck that you use when you do a live pitch. If you're going to walk me through your deck, then really the pitch deck is a visual aid. It's not, you know, it's not a book in and of itself. And so have a deck that you can use as a visual aid that I you can narrate over. So you don't have to say everything you want to say on the deck because you're going to be speaking. Um, if you're going to be sending the deck around, then you're going to have to explain more in the deck because obviously you're not narrating it. So that's going to have more language and more charts and um, be more probably complicated than the deck you use to pitch. Most people use them you know, interchangeably. I think that that's probably not, you know, the best practice, but certainly you could do it that way as well. Um, when you're writing your pitch, you're really hoping to tell a story, you know, and so you should also be practiced in it. You know, you should know your facts, you should know your data, um, and you should be able to give a good pitch. You know, it's like any, any public speaking engagement. Um, and, uh, you know, I think you want to answer three questions in your pitch. Why this? Why now? 
and why me? So let's break those down a little bit. Why this is what was what is important with this solution? Like what are we trying to achieve here? Why does it matter? You know, how big is the market? How does it help people? How why will people use this? Why do they need it? Why would they want it? Um, why now? Well, in healthcare, uh, you know, what is it that's happening now that makes this successful? I'll give you an example. I, I'm invested in a company that makes um, uh, vascular access devices, basically, you know, fancy intravenous devices, but they go in your neck and they go in your arm called Access Vascular. And what they've done is they they use materials that come out of other material science, you know, work from other industry, and they're making access devices with them because they reduce clotting and infection. Well, why now is because we have access to these brand new materials to do something we did in the past. You know, our artificial, uh, artificial intelligence company will say, well, our computing power um, our ability to do certain things has changed. It's evolved. And so now we can do things that we couldn't do five years ago. So that's why now. And then why you, the entrepreneur? Um, why, why are you the person that's going to take these new tools and solve this big problem? Like, why, why are you and your team the one that can execute? You know, and you really want to answer those questions. Answering those questions by themselves is 90% of the job. So let me ask you this, because I know from my own personal experience, when someone is sending you the deck via email, would you prefer just a normal deck or would you prefer a video of where they're pitching and explain it more in person? That's a really good question. I prefer the deck. I can go through it at my own pace. I can go back and forth. I don't, you know, I don't get trapped going through something that, you know, I can't control. Um, I don't mind the video presentation as an adjunct if I wanted it, but really the truth is that, you know, going through the deck does 90% of the work. So one of the things, you know, founders need to know and really understand is that venture capitalists read hundreds of decks to make one investment. They're really saying no most of the time. And a lot of the times, the reason they say no has nothing to do with the company specifically. The company's the wrong stage. It's the wrong industry. Uh, it doesn't fit in with my portfolio. The valuations are off. You know, who knows what, right? It could be millions of things that, that are not central to the efforts of the company. And so it's not really that I'm saying no to you as much as I would say no to anyone who looked like you. Um, you know, geographically, it's not the right kind of company. I mean, a million things. So, you know, just going through a deck allows me to screen a lot of companies. And, uh, and then when I find a company that not only passes through those screens, but then inspires me in some way, those are the companies I want to, you know, expand my interactions with. Yeah, and I think a big part of VC as well is, you know, because they do see so many decks, it's like, you know, they tend to say no because they kind of see the same kind of idea come through and they got to believe in, you know, what you love is the team. Is this the team that's going to execute this out of the best out of everyone who I've seen or will see? Because, you know, you, you normally only invest in 
one company like this. You know, you don't invest in three or four of the very same companies. Right. Well, I mean, you know, you almost get into a conflict of interest situation. Yeah. You know, there there can be synergies between companies, in which case that's great. But sometimes if they're literally doing the same thing, then, then you know, you don't you don't even want to look at those decks, to be honest with you. But but um, but certainly you probably won't invest, you know, because you don't want to create competition for your own portfolio. Um, it's true. Uh, you know, you have to be wary of that. I think with with pitching, you know, when you look at social science, they talk about pitches and presentations. And one of the one of the things people say, you know, I don't know if it's scientifically validated, but they say people remember three things. So I think you have to ask yourself when you do a presentation, what three things do I want you to take away from my presentation? So, for instance, I'm presenting my fund as an investment opportunity because um, we're opening our second fund now. And one of the things I want you to take away from my presentation when I when I do that presentation is that we understand healthcare in a way that most people can't and therefore can make better investments and then support our companies in a way that is better and you know hopefully more they'll be more successful because of our our uh, involvement with them you can even see as i'm saying it now i clearly need to work on that right because that was a little bumpy <laughs> but but the idea is if that's the message i want to send that I want to integrate that message as often as I can. I want to be repetitive with that message so yeah. that that's what people will hear. Um, you know, so things like that are important. So if you think about your message, um, I just was on on with one of the companies we're looking at, we're very interested in that's going to help with uh, postpartum challenges that women have. And just talking about making postpartum care safer and more accessible and repeating that through your pitch, right? I walk away and thinking about that. And if that's important to me, well, that's that's a real value add in terms of your messaging. So it's really storytelling. Another thing I'd say is that storytelling is very important when you can create an emotional connection. Because again, the pitch is the goal of the pitch is to get you a call. The goal of the pitch is to take the next meeting. Nobody's going to invest because they saw a slide deck and said, okay, let's do it. You know, that's too much too quickly. And so we're going to date a little bit first. We're going to woo, woo each other. And, you know, if you tell a story and you hook me emotionally, that's going to be very powerful as well. So if you can tell that story, if you can't tell an emotional story, tell me a good story about why this business works, how it succeeds. Um, so in other words, try and have it hang together rather than throw up a, oh, here's our problem slide. You know, here's our solution slide. You know, that's very pedantic. And I think narratively speaking, it may make sense, but it's not as powerful. Again, it comes back to, you know, having the belief in, is this the team that can do it? Like if they can go through a good story, you know, they can answer all the questions and like they know what they're talking about, you know, you have that initial belief that you know this team could potentially do this right i mean you're you're making a lot of very big decisions based on very limited information and maybe yeah. that's not fair martin right you know yeah. and maybe you bring a lot of bias into those conversations and and maybe we should endeavor not to but we're still human and at the end of the day if you know that people are wired that way and you can provide them 
with a message that maybe satisfies those questions, you'll probably be better off. What should be in a deck when a pitch? Because like, you know, you see all these events where it's like a two minute pitch, a four minute pitch, a 10 minute pitch, like there's so many different times and to fit those pitches in such a short amount of time, like, you know, you have your 60 second elevator pitch. Like what are the key components that you would like to see or you like to see when someone is pitching uh, at a live event to you? Or Well, I mean, I think first and foremost, it depends on what stage the company is. You yeah. know, each, a, a seed stage company is going to have fundamentally a different pitch than a series C company. Yeah. Um, I spend most of my time with seed to series A companies, so I'll, I'll speak more to that. But certainly the farther along you are, the more the more market value you have going into whatever round you're raising, the more specific and robust details I'm going to want to look at. Because you you know, you move from idea to you know execution, you have to show you have to show um, results. Yeah. Right. So looking at these earlier stage companies, you know, you do want to see these basic things. What problem are you solving? Why do I care about this? How are you solving it? You know, how big does this get? Um, you know, I want to get excited about the work you're doing, and I want to get excited about the impact it can have. So if you're solving a problem that really doesn't affect anybody, well, that's that's a problem. And, you know, if you don't tell me how, what your addressable market is, um, you know, or if you tell me and it's very small, as, a, as an investor, that's going to be a red flag. So, you know, you want to look at the basics. I want to know, as you said, about the team. You know, who are these people? Why are these the right people to execute this, this vision? Um, how are these people going to deal with the challenges that come up that, you know, we're not talking about in the slide deck? Uh, you know, of course, every company has a best case scenario that plays out, but they're going to get hit with all sorts of you know, obstacles, and they, they'll have to find their way around them. Um, and, and I like to see, if possible, a coherent, you know, strategy. You know, we like to say wishful thinking is not a strategy. Having a good idea does not make a good company. You have to, you know, generate sales, which means you have to have leads, which means you have to have a pitch and contacts um, and, you know, all of those things have to fall into place. You know, the businesses themselves are not complicated, but they're not the same thing as ideating a solution in a lab. So, you know, how do we, how do we make it happen? What's needed um, in order to make it happen? I do like to see things like milestones, you know, the next 12 months, what do you expect? If you're raising money, you know, what do you need that money for? You know, venture capital is seen either as seed or growth capital. In other words, you need us because you have to get off the ground and you need investment to get started. Or the money we bring in is going to exponentially grow your company. And so uh, show me that. Show me how that works. And I guess the last thing that's, that's important that comes to mind is it has to make sense as a venture investment. So what I mean by that is, you know, aside from whatever impact you may have or how you may fit with my thesis, you also have to show me a certain amount of growth depending on where, what stage I'm investing in. So in my space, 
we look for a demonstrable 20 to 30x growth off of revenue. Um, excuse me, from the um, 20, 20 to 30x investment growth. So if you can't define to me how your company grows from where it is today to a company that's valued 20 to 30 times more and make a coherent argument, then it's hard to make the judgment that it would be a good venture-backed company. Because even if all things work out and you're only going to be worth five times more than you are now, it's not worth the risk, not in not in the early stage. So... You know, in your experience, like we, I know you've seen hundreds and hundreds of decks. What's the one thing, you know, shouldn't be in the deck that you've seen that's in the deck? Uh, there are lots of things that shouldn't be in the deck. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind, maybe this is some kind of a Rochars test you're doing on me, <laughs> um, is that you can't make things up. You yeah. know, you can, if you're gonna, going to make assumptions about the future, for your projections, they should be realistic assumptions. You know, you should be able to defend those choices. When people just make things up, it I, I just feel like it it eliminates their credibility 100%. Um, you shouldn't lie. You shouldn't be dishonest in your deck. If, you know, you say you did something in the past and you didn't, or you were affiliated with people in the past and you weren't, that's a problem. Don't you know, don't make a list of advisors that aren't actually advisors to your company. You know, basically be truthful and be authentic, I think. And as long as you are both and sincere about the things that you put down, I think that that's the, you know, I think you're doing fine. You know, um, in my space, in the healthcare space, I get worried when I see wild projections, not so much revenue projections, but you know we can do this and we can do that you know with our with our solution we can cure the common cold and nobody will ever be sick again so, well can we back that up a little bit you know and, and how do you how do you justify a statement like that cuz that's pretty grand we'll eliminate cancer in 5 years you know well that's a very complicated you know that's a very complicated space i don't know how are you going to do that so just be credible Okay. So, like, let's touch a little bit more about the storytelling, like, because I think this is important. Because, like, it, when you pitch, like, it's important, obviously, to take the the VC or the investor or even the customer, you know, on a journey for them to fully understand, you know, this company and what you're doing. Like, what advice would you give founders of how to get good at storytelling? especially when it comes to pitching the company? Well, practice, you know, you really should practice. And, and ideally, you know, you should watch yourself, you know, video, you know, video it and watch yourself and see what you think, you know. Um, you know, as, as you want to tell a story. So there's a difference between, you know, reading slides and telling a story. And the way I describe it is that, you know, this, what's our problem? This is our problem. What's our solution? This is our solution. That's not really storytelling. That's that's checking off a list of information. And, you, you know, ideally you're going to say, you know, too many women suffer from breast cancer and part of the problem is poor diagnostics and follow-up and therefore we've developed this 
solution. And right now we see this many people dying. And, you know, with this implemented, we can reduce that so significantly. Had I had something like this when I was younger, I could have helped my mother who, you know, I mean, you start to tell a story that can resonate with people. They can see the value in a way that's more than dollars and cents. Yeah. And, and you let it all work together to give one grand message rather than, you know, 10, 12 individual messages that people will forget. When you're pitching investors, you should consider that they're pitching you as well. Now, of course, it's true that, you know, you're trying to get money, you're trying to get investment for your company. And so every dollar is a dollar, right? But not every investor is the same. Some offer strategic value. Some may not have good reputations. Some may be fantastic uh, partners to you. Some may want to become very involved. Some may be hands-off, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, so you should be evaluating the investors as well, because ideally you're going to find an investor who's a very good fit for you. Again, especially in an earlier stage where you're going to rely on their help to help you grow and scale and uh, even just talk to, you know, about the challenges you're going through. So do some due diligence yourself. Look at their other investments, go to their website, try and understand a little bit about the VC that you're talking to. You don't have to do a lot of homework. Um, it's very flattering when somebody I'm speaking with who's a founder trying to raise money can refer back to my portfolio and the work that I've done. And I hate to say it, you know, we're maybe we're maybe it's just me, but I think we're all a little vain. But you know, if you if you say something about my own work and you've done a little homework and know something about me, and you can tell me why it resonates with you and what you're doing, that starts to form a personal bond. And that's that's really powerful. Uh, so I would recommend doing that work. It also gives you the chance when you like, for instance, if you were it, coming to me for money because you wanted me to, to raise money uh, for a string of dental facilities and you went to my website and looked at the things I invest in and you looked at my thesis, you'd see I've never invested in anything like that. I don't really want to invest in anything like that. That's not my space. You would you you might even cancel the call. But if we did take the call for whatever reason you would know right off the bat that the expectation was that I was not going to be somebody who would invest in your company, right? That's powerful. That's valuable. On the, on the other hand, if you were doing something that I do seem to like and was interested in, and you could speak to some of these other things I've done and ask me some questions about why I made investments, those are things that would help you learn more about me, um, and, which would make me a better choice, potentially be your partner if, you know, your investor partner, if we ended up making that investment, you ended up wanting us to. Um, but it also makes me more comfortable to then be more open to hear from you because of, you know, the psycholo psychology around reciprocity. Yeah, I think you made a good point there as well. Like, you know, if the entrepreneur researches you, you know, instead of contacting you coldly, they should look for that warm introduction through either one of the portfolio companies or you know someone who knows, who has a common connection. 
That that's absolutely right. I should have said that earlier. Um, warm introductions are much more powerful than cold calls. Now I'll I'll still look at decks because it's always very interesting. But when somebody I know sends you to me, you know I know that they're going to hear back. I, I'm more aware and more sensitive and more grateful. So you know probably that's more effective. So let's jump to the key takeaways. What's the key takeaways for today, Arvind? Key takeaways, tell a story, try and hook your viewer or listener. Don't don't try and write everything. Slide decks should not be filled with information. They should be communication tools. Follow up well, you know, afterwards with a polite note, I think is, is good practice. Um, and, uh, you know, just practice your pitch, you know, tell a story, you know, that people want to listen to and practice it, try and say it in a way that, that, you know, your communication skills are, are as good as your, as the message you're communicating. Awesome. Well, I think that's going to be it for today. Um, you know, our next episode, I'm going to keep a secret because it's going to be a very exciting episode. So you'll have okay. to tune in for next week to wow. see what this is about. Um, Can't wait. <laughs> well, it's a pleasure having you with us everyone who's listening uh, we really do appreciate you listening um you know we're getting a ton of really good feedback which is awesome um so if you haven't given us feedback yet you know we'd love to have it positive or negative you know because we're always looking to improve so again thank you all for listening Armin, thank you and i'll see you next week all right martin thank you see you next week